On this episode of Fitness Junkies, I go to Elite OSM in Las Vegas to meet with Dr. Sean Plake to see if he can help keep me moving. He starts with assessing my injury history and my current mobility. Each person that comes in, it's just, I take it as like a more unique experience for that person. So instead of something cookie cutter, like I'm gonna assess you, figure out exactly what motions are bugging you. Then he uses several unique treatments to accelerate my recovery. Femur right there, those deep external rotators. He doesn't stop until I'm feeling better and I've made measurable improvements. Man, that was a lot, right? an experience. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've done a lot to keep moving and that is like next so. level. It was an amazing journey and I'm taking you with me. Enjoy the show. What's up, FitFam? This is Giovanni of Geoslogic, your host of Fitness Junkies. I hope this show meets you in good health and spirits, and if not, I hope it inspires you to do something about it. Today's show topic is called Keep It Moving, and when I say it, I mean me. Over the last five to seven years, I've been doing a lot of research on loss of mobility as you get older and the association with all-cause mortality. One study I came across, the conclusion says, near elderly persons, which is the head of household between the ages of 50 and 62 years old, with better mobility had a higher quality of life. Diseases that decrease mobility, such as arthritis, are likely to have a significant impact on the quality of life. And unfortunately, I am in that near elderly category. I am 57, so um, that uh, is troubling for me because I do have some arthritis and I have to keep moving. Um, my guest co-host today is a master at keeping everybody moving, whether you're a professional athlete or a weekend warrior. He uses a integrated approach to physical therapy. Um, he's got a lot of different unique techniques and I just want to welcome Dr. Sean Plake. How are you? Doing great. Good morning, everybody. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so before we get into our episode here. Let's hear about your journey. You said you had an interesting story. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I started as started out as a personal trainer myself, um, right out of high school. I was always into sports, always into fitness, keeping my body moving really well, trying to trying to stay strong, fast, uh, keep the muscle mass, you know, all the, all the things. And uh, right after high school, um, initially I was going for. Um, I was going into college for pharmacy, and after about a year, I decided that wasn't for me, and I had a bunch of friends that was in the exercise science program, and it's something I never thought about. I'm like, well, I'd love to work out. Like, I'm uh, in personal training currently. Like, why not Why not just continue that? Next level. Like, yeah, right. I can be like a strength and conditioning coach or physical therapy, stuff I hadn't really thought about, but like just made sense at the time. So I changed my major to exercise science. Um, loved that degree. Like, I had a great experience with that. Um, by the time I was done with those four years, I was still kind of uh, up, in the, up in the air with exactly what I wanted to do. Um, I was a little lost with it. I was At the time, I was thinking occupational therapy, 
um, physical therapy was just like really um, competitive at the time. And, and where was this? Where did you grow up? Uh, this is in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay. So I went to the University of New Mexico. Um, and for those four years, um, once I switched my major, I was all about it. Um, kind of went full, full in with that, with that degree. Um, by the time I was done with it, like I said, I was uh, a little up in the air about exactly what I wanted to do. And then I took a little break for about half a year, almost a full year after that, and just worked um, as a personal trainer full time. And I loved it, but I was just getting burnt out. Like it was just a lot of hours, like early mornings, you know, like starting at 5 a.m., working until 12 or so, and you get that little break, right. come back, working all the way until eight or nine, just trying to get as many patient or clients as I can. And uh, like I said, yeah, it was just it was a little overwhelming at the time. I was looking for the next step, trying to go back to school, um, figure out what was what was going. I needed one more um, physics class to to go into PT, which I had was leaning towards at the time got it either pt or i was looking into some chiropractic schools um, out of state because there's there's nothing in new mexico as far as chiropractic goes um and i've always been interested in, in back popping like i would adjust my family and friends growing back up and popping. stuff yeah <laughs> yeah just like the big squeeze right behind you like i was just super into it and i was always adjusting my own neck and popping my fingers and stuff just loved it right but never really thought about it as a career so around that time um like i guess i was a little lost but um spring of 2014 i ended up i'm a big snowboarder so i love to go out and, and ride the mountain a lot so one of the trips i went on it was the very last day like one of the last runs i could have done i ended up doing a jump and a, a little trick that I, I thought was really good back then so <laughs> uh, i was getting a little brave but I, I ended up breaking my left clavicle really bad so i came down off of the jump hit my shoulder I was like, uh-oh, something's wrong. I thought I dislocated it. Right. Kind of checked. I was like, no, nah, shoulder seems fine. And then I, I felt a little bit higher. I was like, oh, that's not good. So ended up breaking my, my clavicle. And uh, that was just a, a crazy process. Like I was in surgery three days later. A lot of clavicle breaks don't require sur surgery. Right. They just kind of heal on their own. But mine broke in a way that I needed a, a titanium plate, eight screws, like to really reinforce it. So the recovery process during that whole time was a little rough for me. Like the surgeon's like, after about three months, you're going to be fine. I was like really anxious to get back to working out. And right. at the time I was still personal training. So I was trying right. to show everyone exercises <laughs> in a sling, like how to get really good about my um, verbal cues. Right. Um, so it was, it was, it was rough at the time. And like I said, the, the surgeon said three months, you're going to be fine. You'll be moving again. So I was like, okay, cool. Like I'll do my, my physical therapy and see the people I need to see. So I was doing all that and four or five months into it, like my arm wouldn't go past 90. So I was like, this isn't good. Like I'm like in a lot of pain. I'm not with moving. With physical therapy? Yeah, I was, doing, I was doing all the therapy. I was getting a little frustrated with it. I'm like, they're not really doing much. Like uh, I'd, no, I'd studied a lot of corrective exercise during the, around that time anyways. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I was doing more on my own than what they were offering me. It was just super basic stuff. Like I couldn't move my arm. They're having me do these exercises with bands and stuff. I'm right. like, I can't do that. Like right. it's not working. So I was getting super frustrated, um, hit about five months. And once again, the surgeon said three, three months, I'd be moving it well. And he's like, six months, you should be like back to normal, like good to go. And I was like, it's almost six months. Um, so I was just like searching different people to see. I was like, like I need something else. Right. Um, I came across Dr. Bo Hightower's page on Facebook. At the time I was following him for a while. And I was like, man, let me just try this guy out. Like he's seeing a bunch of athletes. Like some of his videos just seemed a lot different than what the therapists I was going to were doing. Right. So I went and tried him out. Um, it was an interesting experience. Like it was just, he had his own office. He had one other employee with him. 
Um, and at the beginning, it was like, this is a pretty cool place. Like he had a, he had a bunch of jerseys and some um, pictures of a lot of pro athletes right. on the wall and stuff. I was like, this is cool. Like this is I'm active. I'm an athlete. Like this is the place I need to be. And then before you know it, like one two sessions later, like he had me moving. Like he definitely beat me up. He, wow. He was jamming his thumb in my uh, in my uh, trapezius and like just loosening up my shoulders. I know a little bit about that. Yeah, so you know how it is. So <laughs> like going through that experience, I'm like, wow, like. After two sessions, like I did all that, like it hurt like hell, but I'm moving now. Like this is, I'm so grateful for this. Um, saw him a few more times, and then yeah, I got my full range back. As weak at the time because I hadn't worked out, I haven't lifted right. my my arm over my head for six months. Wow! But uh, I was just like so amazed by the whole process. It got me moving really well. Um, super excited about it. So like immediately, I'm like, man, this I kind of want to do this now. Like, can I shadow you? Like, it seems like you're just. He had just moved back like maybe a few months before that. Mm -hmm. he, was, he was out in different states studying and uh, um, practicing like in Texas, Ohio, different places like that. So um, he was just starting his business back in Albuquerque. And I was like, oh, man, like, can I help out? Like, I'm a personal trainer. Like, I'd love to just be around the office. Like, right. I wasn't expecting to get paid or anything. So I just wanted a shadow. So anytime I wasn't in school um, taking classes or I wasn't personal training, I was there just shadowing, showing my interest. And uh, uh, I'd learned a lot like right then and there and I was like man I, like I really want to do this like what what can I do um to get to get to that level and he's like at least uh like he's like one of my assistants he's gonna, he's in massage school right now so mm -hmm. at least have a hands-on license and then I can start teaching you stuff and um, that's going to be the best best thing for you and I was like yeah like I'm a personal trainer anyways like adding massage to the mix plus all my corrective exercise background that sounds perfect makes sense yeah. and uh so I, I immediately, like a week later, I, I signed up for the same massage school that his uh, employee was at. And um, yeah, like they, they, they pointed me in the right direction. I continued shadowing. Um, a few months into school, I, I backed off of the personal training I was doing. I actually quit the place I was at, the, the gym, mm -hmm. um, just because the, the owner there, like since I was backing off my hours, he wasn't happy about that. And right. he's like, why would you get your massage therapy license? I was like, because I think it could advance my career. And he's like, no, that's stupid. Like, you're doing great personal training. But he just wanted me there right. 40, 50 hours because right. I was bringing in money. Right, right. So we, we, we had a little falling out there. I quit that. Um, just jumped off on my own for personal training, which was scary, too. Because right. I was like, man, like, what do I do? Um, I had a cousin at the time that was at a gym. Um, he had just started branching off on his own as well. So I kind of followed his footsteps and got on, uh, got into a gym on myself that I was just paying rent and just I had like a handful of clients at the time. That's the best so, way to do it. Yeah, so I just <laughs> kind of just threw myself into it. And um, that part just kept increasing. And then I, I got the job at uh, Dr. Hightower's office as well oh, as, wow. a, as a rehab tech. So okay. with, our, with our practice, we have rehab techs that help um, teach all the clients proper exercise. Is that the guy that uh, I worked with yeah, before? So, I went? Okay. Yeah, so yeah. That, that guy that you met. Um, I think Tyler was there that day. Tyler or Ryan, so one of those two. Or the uh, Indian-looking guy. Yeah, that's that's our Ryan. So, okay. he um, he's one of my assistants, and um, so that's what you did first. Yeah, exactly. Ah. So I was that, and that went hand in hand with the personal training and the corrective exercise I was doing. So um, it was just it's just a cool journey because I started off as a patient, and then I became tech, and then. Massage school was about nine months. It's supposed to be a year, but I was able to test out of a lot of the anatomy portions and mm -hmm. and all that from my exercise science and background. 
So it shortened it up for me, which was nice. So right. once I got my massage license, I started going going through the um, orthotherapy certification. So that's what that's like what Bo's um, kind of trademark is. Like he just calls like the whole thing that he's put together um, orthotherapy. Oh, so okay. he, he taught me a lot of those techniques. And at the time, it like wasn't any adjustments. It's just real specific soft tissue um, techniques for different areas. Like each area has a real specific, specific technique, which was well beyond just everything in massage school. Um, but it was just, it just complicated. It complemented each other well. Like all the stuff I was learning in massage school, my personal training background, my athletic background, and then now learning this more advanced stuff. Like it was just all making sense to me. Right. So I was like, ah, oh, this is perfect. Became a therapist. And then just from there, I like, just took off. I, I did that for about a year, um, just treating that way. And I was still doing my personal training stuff on the side, which was nice. So it was just kind of dual incomes. I was, right. I was like, yeah, man, like I actually felt like I had a purpose and I knew uh, where my life was going at that time. So it was a good feeling. My, my clavicle was great. Like I a few things I had to keep up with to, right. to make it move, but I started to get my strength back. Like just everything was really good at that point. And you said that with that ortho um, therapy or, or certification, it, that is that how you got the DR in front of your name? Is that? No, so the DR, um, so about after treating for about a year, just doing the massage therapy and the, the orthotherapy, um, I wanted to do, the, like wanted to get to the next level, do more of the advanced stuff that he was doing. So I was like looking into some chiropractic schools. Like I said, the only ones um, that were nearby were like Texas, um, I think there's one in California, but the one I was looking at was actually in Portland, Oregon. Um, and it was, it was a really good school. Like I was thinking about it, but like looking at tuition and stuff, it was, it was going to be like 200 uh, grand, you know, like, right. It's super expensive. And then you'd be leaving your whole income sources. Yeah, exactly. I was <laughs> like, this is like, I want to stay at this place. I don't want to like leave and then like miss out on this opportunity and right. stuff. So, uh, luckily, there's a school that just came to Santa Fe, New Mexico, which is an hour away from Albuquerque where I lived. And um, that school was called uh, Southwest University of Naturopathic Medicine. So the owners kind of reached out to us and let us know like what they're about and whatnot because they, they had seen Bo online because he has a, a pretty big um, presence online. Right. So they, they knew of him, reached out for him to actually teach some of their classes. So that's how we actually found out about the school. And I was like, man, this looks really cool. Like it's basically that next level that I need. Right. Like I can learn a lot of the mobilization techniques. Like it's a doctorate program, uh, three years, three years long. I was still worried about missing work, but they're like, no, like half of this is, on, is online. You have to come to class two, three days a week and oh, um, you, you can continue working. And I was like, oh, that, that's great. Like, nice. I can at least stay part time, you know? Right. So it just kind of all worked out. Like I got, I got enrolled like pretty quickly. And I was like, man, this is going to help me get to that next level without having to uh, find a, or apply for like PT schools and chiropractic schools and stuff and go out of state basically. So that was there. I applied, got in right away and then, um, started going, started going into that program. So, it was a so, um, being a doctor of chiropractor and a doctor of neuropathy is, is there a difference? Yeah. Yeah. So Bo's actually a doctor of both. Um, but they're, they're, they're very, um, similar. Chiropractic focuses a lot more on um, high velocity adjustments and they don't do 
nearly as much soft tissue work unless unless the, the chiropractor decides to. Right. You know, but most of them are like if you've been to a traditional chiropractor, they just focus on very quick adjustments, like in and out, like just seeing as many people as they can. Right. Um, and and I had I had been to chiropractors like that growing up for some lower back pain that I had. Right. Uh, so I, I went pretty regularly. So I was, I was familiar. And then I even shadowed a few chiropractors um, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do like, right. back in my um, extra science um, degrees. And I was just, I was, I was always back and forth on it. I was like, there needs to be more like, like all the personal training, training stuff I was doing. I was helping a lot of people. I was like, if I can integrate those two, like that'd be really cool. But I had no idea of anything that really did that until this program. So then would you say chiropractic and then what you do? Cause that's what I would say after that experience. Yeah. I mean, it just gives you, I, w I won't say one's better than the other, but it just depends on the practitioner and, and how they approach um, each patient. So I just want to give that patient more of what they need. Um, in my experiences in the past, those quick adjustments, they just don't last, right? So you get adjusted, you feel good for a couple of days, but your tissues are still tight, especially all the fascia involved and then particular muscle imbalances and whatnot. So and I learned all about that and I was like, oh, we, we need that next level. So if we, if we add that to it, it just makes sense. Like if you treat all the tissues, make them loose, get them balanced, then your adjustments are going to hold better. Um, so I went to Elite OSM in Las Vegas and this video is going to show kind of an overview of the experience. Let's take a look. Each person that comes in, it's just, I take it as like a more unique experience for that person. So instead of something cookie cutter, like I'm gonna assess you and figure out exactly what motions are bugging you, um, what could have caused it. So we just look a lot more in, in depth into um, everything that has been involved in your past, whether you've had like the accidents you talked about, um, the way you heard it, things you can't do. So just a lot more further evaluation in that sense. Okay. And as far as treatment goes, we use a combination of soft tissue work and then some um, mobilizations. Cool. So instead of just adjustments, like a lot of traditional chiropractors, they'll get you, oh, SI joint, let's twist you real quick, boom, boom, off. Like, Cracking come, out of here. Yeah, come, come back <laughs> if it keeps hurting. But for myself, I'm gonna test you, find a motion that hurts you, and then we'll do some soft tissue work, release the muscles that are probably inflamed or tight in that area, because that's how you respond to, to trauma, like your muscles tighten up to protect itself. Right. So if you never address those tight muscles or tight tissue, whether it's fascia, um, especially in the SI joint, there's so much that can be involved right there. Okay. So we check out what's tight, what might be underactive, overactive, figure out what's going on, get that all moving really well, um, adjust if we need to. Cool. So it's just a full on approach. So we right. take a lot more time with the person. And then by the time you leave, like I'm going to retest, make sure you feel better by the time you like leave. that. <laughs> the way the tissues work, like you can see this fascia here. So I, I focus a lot on this area. Uh -huh. You can see the lat ties into the thoracolumbar fascia here. Uh -huh. Same with the glutes. So there's just a lot of tie-ins tie here that make this area super vulnerable. Got it. So we probably treat low back the most, neck probably secondary. So those are the issues that most people have because the back's so vulnerable. That's kind of what we specialize in. We want to keep people moving and whenever the doctors that say, don't, don't, do whatever hurts. You can get that from doctors sometimes, right? Right. It's like, 
runners, they've done marathons all their lives and the doctor's just like, oh, just stop running. And they're like, no, that's like my life. Right. So fitness is part of, part of your life. So you yes. want to make sure that you're moving and grooving. That way you can do everything that you want to do. So, yeah, when you said that about how doctors sometimes just say you love running, but your knee's hurting, stop running and you'll be fine. That is basically my journey over the last, I would say, 30 years, because in high school playing football, I got my first knee injury, which was cartilage. And then in the next I'd say probably about eight to 10 years, I had another a right knee cartilage removal and then a, a left knee cartilage removal again. So since then, I'm sure my body has been overcompensating and I've been negotiating life going, oh, okay, well, I can't ski anymore because um, that causes me too much pain. I love skiing, but I can't do that. Um, well, I can't do um, spinning classes anymore. So I'm negotiating back and back until I'm like not moving and doing the things I want. And so when you said that, that was like, ah, this guy knows what I'm dealing with. <laughs> Do you find that as um, a, how a lot of people come to you almost in a desperation to keep doing what they do? Yeah, that's happened happened a ton, um, especially for like some of the things we mentioned there, as far as skiing or running, like those are big ones. Like people are just avid about things like that. So if they go to the doctor and like the, they're just like, you should stop doing this. It's it's causing pain. Like, but we're just like, this is something you love. Like we're gonna try to do everything we can um, to be able to make this comfortable for you. Um, if it still continues to hurt, we try everything, then it's like, okay, you, you, it's doing more harm than good. Right. You probably, we'll, we'll try to figure something out. Right. Something else out for you to do. Um, but most of the time, even if it's um, like a cartilage issue or even a disc issue, like something that's on imaging that just looks bad, a lot of times your actual pain is not coming from that. So pain can be caused more from just soft tissue, tightness, um, adhesions, trigger points, like a little more superficial than what, what the imaging shows. So we treat all that and we're making some progress. We'll know right away if, if that's what it is or if it is more of the deeper level that's causing something. So I try to treat that, do everything I can to um, increase the range of motion, loosen up that tissue, um, just make everything move a lot better. And I'd say probably... 70, 80% of the time, that's what it turns out to be. So people are right. really amazed. They're like, well, all these doctors said I can never do all this stuff. And I was like, no, like it's, it's fixable. Like we just treated these muscles that were tight and pulling you out of alignment or, or pulling you off track a little bit or just not allowing you to get to that full depth. Like for skiing, for example, like if your knees can't uh, absorb that, um, that motion, like that, that, shock, that shock absorption of just bending up and down, like taking on all those moguls type of thing. Right. Um, basically, we, we make that possible. And right. Then you can do what you do more comfortably and be happy. <laughs> Which is a joy for people like me that, that you know, are dying to keep moving. Yeah. So people um, are really amazed by that. And they I love seeing that satisfaction just because they've been, they're so disappointed. Like you said, that's... Um, it's kind of like their last hope. Like they've seen so many doctors and like someone just some, usually it's, it's a recommendation. Like, like someone just like, Oh, go try this guy. Like he's helped me. 
So they, they get recommended. They don't really have too high expectations coming in. So that's nice. So once I do kind of exceed those expectations, which most of the time we're able to at least get a little bit better, the person's really happy, especially if we can take them to that next level. Like sometimes it's it's mind boggling for even myself. <laughs> right. It's like, wow, I, can, I wasn't even confident that we'd be able to fix that. But and you we did. tried and we didn't. Right. Now we're all happy. Right. So. Um, so your office is in the extreme couture building and how did you get in there? That seems like such a great spot. Yeah. Yeah. So that all started back in Albuquerque. Um, once again with Dr. Hightower, he was, uh, treating a few fighters at the time at his office that I went to, which is offsite. We had a totally different location when I first started. Um, he was treating, I think mostly Diego Sanchez at the time. Like, I think that was his first main UFC athlete. Mm -hmm. And then Diego's like the type of guy that like everyone talks. knows about and talks. <laughs> yeah. So he was all stoked about it. Like right. he was, he was, he's always looking for the next best thing. So right. he was getting that and like feeling great and stuff. So he told all the fighters at Jackson link Academy. Um, and before you know it, like a bunch of these fighters were coming in to see Dr. Heisauer. And then like the coaches got word of it and stuff. And then they were, in the process of getting a new building for their gym. Um, it was a gigantic building, like a great location, and it just made sense. Like they reached out to us to po partner up with them and basically be in-house, be the in-house doctors and help their athletes throughout camps and stuff. So okay. it just made sense. Like we're, so once they made that lo new location, we built our offices inside of it. And um, yeah, we just, we just, made a little connection there like we treated the fighters like made sure that they're good all the way up until their fights and it worked out really well like we didn't have hardly any fighters ever drop out of fights so right and that's pretty common in the ufc like they get these injuries like right before a fight and they have to drop drop out of their fight and then they're not going to get paid you know right so that's right. it's just kind of a win-win for all of us like the fighters were able to fight we were able to get them moving better like it just it just really worked out well so we did that we we're there for it's been it was like a year after I, I had finished or I had finished my orthotherapy certification. Mm -hmm. So I got that experience with all these fighters right off the bat. And um, that was really great. Like I just learned so much more about MMA. And I was already a fan, but like my, my understanding for it and just my love for it, like just jumped up exponentially. And I was like, man, this is really cool. And from there, we would um, start traveling a little bit with some of the fighters kind of oh wow yeah kind of be like a safety net so right um and a lot of times the fights are in vegas so then we're out here quite a bit ah, and, okay. and while we were out here we started <laughs> making connections with some of the fighters out here like about two summers ago we actually brought our tables and stuff and tools and we set up an extreme couture gym got it just to kind of introduce what we did to their gym and uh like the, the the manager loved it, and all the fighters like they're just like, oh man, this is great, and they 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 have massage therapists and stuff on staff. But mm -hmm. once again, like this is a little, little beyond that. So yeah. we we're like we can we can help you guys. Like um, they're like okay, like we actually have some offices in the back. Like they're taken right now, but in the future if they open up, we'll let you know. And we're like oh cool. Like we've we've always talked about expanding because we're doing really well in Albuquerque. Right. Like it'd be actually cool to bring this to different cities, different states, things right. like that. So. About a year after that, like they, they reached out to us and they're like, these offices are open if you guys still want them. And um, Bo let us know, like all, all the staff that we had. And at this time, we there's uh, six or seven doctors. So he just asked each of us. He's like, he's like, I, I won't be able to 
to move out there because I still need to run this office. Right. But if one or two of you guys are interested in starting this this office, this location, like you can, and I'll help as much as I can. Like it'll, it'll be a good a good move for you. And I was at the time I was like, man, that seems really cool. Like I love Vegas. I've been there a lot. Like it just seems really awesome. I can branch out and and uh, just advance my career that much more. Right. Um, but I was still back and forth on it. It was a big move. I'd never left home before, not even for school. Um, right, right. Super close to my family and my friends and stuff. Right. So I was super back and forth on it. But something just like stayed in the back of my mind. Like after a few months, I was like, like something keep something's telling me that I need to go. Like right. I just need to get out there, give it a shot. Um, so I pretty much decided on it at that point. And then that was right where all the, the COVID stuff started happening. So oh, wow. I just started my process of getting my license transferred into, right. into Nevada and whatnot, and all the COVID stuff happened. So I'm like, oh man, timing. I, yeah. Uh. So I was like, I was like, dang, is that a sign? Like, do I need to not do this? Right. So luckily, wow. um, all the all the processing of all my stuff like took some extra time. So it gave me a little more time to get comfortable instead of just jumping right into it. And I mean, that was like that was last spring. Um, spring 2020 and that was when things were really bad like right. everything was shut down and whatnot um, luckily in Albuquerque we were able to stay open as our with our business so we had like one slow week and then people started coming back in oh. we're taking all the precautions right wearing right. a mask and social distancing distancing and everything right um, but it was it was good to be there still because I was able to generate income uh, able to save a lot so once I started getting that savings up and uh, getting a little more comfortable. I was like, it's still in the back of my mind. I still want to move. Like the opportunity's there, but it's kind of closing. Like the, the the office is empty right now. But half for how long? Yeah, but right. they're, they're, they need to fill it. Like their business too. So they're right. going to fill it sooner than later. Right. So I was like, doing every, everything I could to speed up my um, license process, which was a pain in the butt because these people were weren't in the office. Like I had to email them, I had to fax yeah. them, I had to yeah. mail in all my paperwork that I was getting from other other areas like my old school like um the testing agency so i had to like it was just a big old mess it took so much effort right a lot of money too like fees for everything right of course so i was like man there's so much going on to the, like going into uh. this move like i was it still made me back and forth on it but um come around like may time may june i was like it was finally getting there uh -huh. and i was like all right like i think this is gonna happen like even though it's covid like it's gonna get better right um i just need to jump on this opportunity. I can always come back if it doesn't work out type of thing. So at that point, I, I started making a few trips to Vegas and looking at apartments, things like that. Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, just I, I decided on it. And shortly after that, I got all my license transfers and all that. So everything was pretty official. So all I had to do now is like find a place and sign the lease. So I did that in uh, about July of last year. And then it was up to moving at that point. So I was able to get everything moved um, mid-September. And like, you know how much of a pain in the butt moving is, especially right. across the states. states. So, oh, did <laughs> yeah. that, but done that. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a lot. So, so much went into this. Um, I was like, man, this better pay off. Like, this was a lot of money, a lot of time. Like, I was missing out on uh, all the, the the normal paychecks I was getting right. starting off because I right. was so busy back in Albuquerque. I had this established clientele that would just trickle in without me having to work very hard because right. I had been working there for the last five years right so it was it was it was scary and i was like at the start all over like it was, it was super weird seeing 
13 to 15 patients a day, dropping down to like one or two, some days zero. I'm just like sitting in my office like, oh man, this is cool. <laughs> it was kind of nice to have some time to myself and like work right. on some other things, but like it was scary. Like I'm not making any money because I'm not seeing anyone. Right. So. But now you have some heavy hitters. You have like, like a few champion yeah, UFC yeah. fighters. Yeah, I've been very, very it's fortunate. So. Ngannou, I saw Valentina, was she, is she one of your clients? Uh, I met her at a UFC event in, in Houston. So I didn't okay. actually work on her, um, but like going to these events, you get to meet a lot of the fighters and kind of network a little bit. So I'm there if she needs me, but yeah, I haven't treated her. Um, so I, I definitely treated Francis um, recently. And then um, Aljo is another one. He just won, won the championship um, early March. So right. in March, basically both those guys won their, won their titles, which right. was really awesome. I was like, man, this is so cool. And shortly after that, I started treating Misha Tate, which Misha Tate I've been following for a long time. Like I know, wow. She's, she's is she still fighting? Yeah, she's she was a former champion, and she took um, she retired to to right. have to have um, two children. Okay. So she had her babies, and now she's making her comeback. She actually oh, fights, wow. in, fights in July. So oh, she's fighting on the Connor card. Yeah. Wow. Oh, the, the, the week after that. Oh, okay. It's a fight night right after that. Right? Okay. So. Wow. Yeah, I'm excited to to see her. Um, get back into it yeah we're, getting, cool. we're getting her moving great taking care of some old injuries and stuff and making her feel good but that's pretty awesome because she um she's like her recent child is only nine months old so she's still doing all her mom stuff oh, like wow. yeah. half the time like she has the her older daughter in with her like just in the ring or right next right. to her like right it's, it's cool just to see that level an uh, athlete that at that level just making it happen right and, right uh, with kids and yeah, doing yeah. the whole thing yeah, i can't even imagine like you can like being a parent like <laughs> that's that's a job in itself plus being a professional fighter and like doing everything you have to do to keep your body right and i just got a puppy and i don't know how people can <laughs> deal with kids i don't have any kids yeah exactly same, <laughs> <It's tough>. <laughs> yeah. um so normally we go into a gym and have my guest co-host um, show me actual exercises, but instead we did something a little different and we had Dr. Plake show um, some of his specific techniques he uses. So let's look at what he did. Um, and this is cupping. All right, I got some cupping on the low back. Cupping I like to use just to relieve pressure on the area. Mm -hmm. So that helps take pressure off your nerves by creating a little lift in the fascia and the muscles. Mm -hmm. So it takes, takes just grabs that skin, that fascia, creates a lift, and then that creates the pressure release. So basically nerve decompression is what we're going for here. Yeah, yeah. And in the meantime, so that's doing some work for me over there and I can do some stuff with my elbow here. Oh. <laughs> Glutes really good. Like I said, your hip extension is good, but you can definitely tell your external rotators are tight. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get in there to move your femur, and it's it's fighting me for sure. Mm -hmm. Hamstring tightness always pulls into the pelvis as well. There's a good one. So that's no joke. We treat pretty aggressively. And we're trying to get some faster outcomes. Mm -hmm. We've had to do that just over time. I've been working with MMA athletes at this high level for the last seven, eight years. Oh, wow. So you can only imagine the injuries that they come up with right. two or three weeks before a fight and right. we're just like doing everything we can to 
get them moving enough to get through their fight. That way they can still, get, still have a chance at winning and making that money. Because if they right. pull out of every fight, you're not going to make any money. Right. Unfortunately, we got two sides. <laughs> Hopefully the right side is not as bad as the left. <laughs> That's laughter and fear. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, great. <laughs> Do it all over again. So, cupping is all the rage, mm -hmm. um, and you explained it there. But can you break it down a little bit more? Like, how is that helpful in the process of of healing? Yeah. So, cupping helps a lot with uh, muscle constriction. Um, in a certain area area of pain, you're typically um, having your, your nerves uh, that are in some kind of dysfunction or disorder. So usually it's the tissue that's causing like like a bundle of tissue, whether it's a trigger point or the fascia is just really bound up in that area. Basically, it's constricting the nerves, kind of strangling them in a sense. Hmm. So the more pressure you have on nerves, the more... Um, that signal is going to get to your brain that something's going on there. So that's that's basically why we have pain or achiness or discomfort is your nerves are getting irritated. So the cupping helps take a little pressure relief off of those nerves in that area. Got so it. You press it on, or there's there's diff there's various ways. Like the the original way is to use fire and a glass cup. So you put the fire into the cup that takes all the oxygen out, and then you put it on the skin, and that creates the suction. So that's the traditional Chinese uh, Chinese method, uh -huh. um, and then since then we've just been able to make it a lot safer and um, just easier to to work with. So there's the plastic cups um, that are still circular that you can just pump on, which sometimes I use those, but those are all a little bit smaller. So the cups I, I like to use have a little larger circumference, and they're um, silicone, so I can just push them on with my hand makes it really easy. I can do it in half a second, like just throw it on in the area. I like to put it like on the back or shoulders while I'm working another area. That way we're getting two things done. So what you did there. Yeah. Right. So that's basically, it's just super helpful to incorporate super easy to do. And it's something that I always recommend people to do at home as well. So. Yeah. I see a lot of fighters with those cupping marks. Yeah. That seems to be a different type of cup than what you, you your cup is a bigger, yeah. right? Yeah, it's a larger one, so it just depends on the area. Right. Um, most people have, like most, anyway, like a therapist that's using cupping, they usually have like the, the same sets. So those are like the smaller ones you see. And Got it. Those come with probably like 20 different cups. So you can you can just throw a lot of cups on someone, which a lot of therapists do. Um, I'm, I'm usually not one to... to practice that way. I'd rather just work on a few areas at a time with a few cups because I feel like it's a little overwhelming having like 20, 30 cups on you. Right. Like, like <laughs> you, you probably, like most people probably have seen pictures on, online of just someone having like a billion cups on them. Right. <laughs> and then they get very like... Scarred up. Not yeah, scarred they're, they're, up. Yeah, they're super bruised up from <laughs> it all. Um, and, and the bruises come up, come from broken capillaries. So the more pressure yeah. you put into the cup and the longer it's there, more likely you're going to be red. It doesn't mean that that area is any worse. It just right. means that you're, you're breaking up more tissue, which as long as you're getting the tissue underneath that I was talking about, as long as that's releasing, that's all you need. Like You don't have to make the person super red. That doesn't mean that more is going on in that area. Right. You are increasing blood flow and whatnot, but it's... 
it's not in, in that way that a lot one of people think. One doesn't equal the other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Got it. Once again, it's more nerve decompression. You're not just trying to pump that cup as hard as you can and create a release. Like like some, like some I've, I've seen people leave up cups on too long with too much pressure, and the person ends up having like these, these gnarly blisters all over. Like oh, wow. it creates blisters from so much pressure. So that we don't we don't want to get to that level. Yeah, that's that's not very very comfortable. Right, <laughs> right. Um, so the duck got out his Thor hammer and put it on me. Let's see what that looks like. Okay, not too far off. We're gonna do my other technique here and just realign you a little bit better. So you're shifted a little bit to the left here. And this was the, from the front side, this was the hip that was anteriorly rotated. So that means on the back side, it's going to be a little bit pushed down, posterior rotated. Okay. So basically, you just want to kind of work both those angles. Right here. Basically, just talking to your muscles, talking to your structure, finding a better place for it. So hamstring attachment right there, those deep external rotators. Tenderize that IT band a little bit. All right, this one we're gonna bring down some. Change the angle. Fluid now, I can just move your lower back and your hips are just nice and loose. Yep, so that's a good sign right there. Awesome. How do you, how do you feel after that? <laughs> wow. How are we doing, Russ? <laughs> Next level everything. <laughs> yep. So, a little bit of torture, but it's going to go a long way. One more thing. We'll make it. So, go to your left as far as you can. And as you, as you um, get range of motion through this, keep going farther, okay? You can actually see him moving more as I do this. Okay, one more time with that. To help increase it so much better much better with that one that was cool like getting more movement like right in the session yeah um and but like it was so funny like when we were taping that i felt you hammering me but i had no idea what it was until i saw the video yeah, that was pretty cool <laughs> <actual hammer>. <laughs> <laughs> um so Help me and the audience understand why that kind of a um, jarring um, activity on the muscles and joints helps or expedites healing. Right. So with that, we're talking to the nervous system a bit. Um, all the neuroreceptors and everything involved with movement, we're talking to that and helping increase range of motion with each um, each hit, 
it's basically it's kind of like some tapotement mixed with another technique um but basically you're just talking to those neuroreceptors and you're gaining more range of motion through like a, a reflex mechanism so just like the hammer that the doc hits on your your knee to make it reflex and kick out right it's kind of similar so what happens there is once it hits the knee the muscle shortens and then it relaxes so it's going to shorten really fast because it gets that impulse and then after that it gets more relaxed so each time the area I'm working on gets a little more relaxed. So that's how we increase your range of motion so quickly. As everything's just sense. opening up, creating more space. You're talking to the joint, make like getting it to that next level. That way your nervous system knows it can achieve it. Right. So and then yeah, once your nervous system knows it can kind of work with it and then that that that's when the all the soft tissue work and the, a lot of the homework comes into play. Right. Like you continue doing all that stuff, talking to the tissues, keeping the range of motion that we increased already. And then yeah, over time, your body just adapts to that new range of motion. So you're a tissue whisperer. You talk to the tissues yeah, of the yeah. human body. I love yeah. it. And then with, with my naturopathic degree, that's basically what, what they say. Like we're, they make us, um, they, they categorize us as, couldn't think of the right word there. Um, as soft tissue specialists. Got right? it. So definitely Got a it. tissue whisperer. I like that. That's a, that's a good one. <laughs> I'll have to start, yeah, I'll start using that. <laughs> um, so I was telling a friend of mine who saw the little teaser we put on Instagram, um, and actually one of my clients, that I definitely felt better after that one session but it was the one of the most intense experiences I've had in a in that venue kind of massage chiropractic. Mm -hmm. What is your ideal client look like? Um, and how do you kind of um, modify intensity based on each person that you're dealing with? Yeah, yeah. So when someone comes in, like every person is going to be at least a little bit different. But like from the people I see, it ranges quite quite a bit. Um, ideal client is going to be someone that's already taking care of their body as far as like getting proper sleep, hydration, nutrition. Like someone like that, that's pretty active and in a healthy age, uh, age range as well. They're going to respond really quickly and really well to my treatments. Um, someone else that's a little older, um, maybe not taking care of themselves kind of lacking in a lot of those things I mentioned, mm -hmm. um, they're going to need a little bit, a little bit more. Their body won't respond quite as much. Um, and not, I don't mean more intensity. I just mean more, more treatments and Got it. they'll have to do a lot more stretching and stuff on their own. So just like a fitness routine, like it, it comes over time, you know, you, right. you can't expect to get these crazy results right off the bat. Sometimes we do with, with, with what, with how I work, but right. a lot of people, it's just, it's more of the long one. You're trying to, we're trying to teach these people, how to live a healthier life in the future, like by showing these exercises, um, talking to them a little bit about getting proper sleep and hydration and all that. Like, right. There's just a lot that goes into this, right. more than just um, the work that you see in the videos. So like a personal trainer you at once were and I am, I always kind of do an interview and find out what their goals are. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes, they want to get fit in three months for a vacation or right. whatever. So you, I guess you kind of have to um, ascertain how fast they want the recovery. Mm -hmm. Like, 
uh, I mean, obviously, if a, a UFC fighter has a fight in two weeks, you need to yeah. upgrade the experience and frequency to get them ready. But if someone is just trying to start moving again and they're maybe out of shape, it might be a kind of a longer, slower process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Got it. So... Um, with that, like, like if we're pretty rushed, like a fighter that has a fight in, in two or three weeks, we'll get them in there multiple days a week, maybe probably up to three. Like usually, I like to like one rest day after an appointment, at least one one rest day. Uh, but so, someone like that, we're we're treating a lot off a lot more often. Um, their body can handle it too; they recover faster. Right. Um, but your average person, they'll need a few days in between treatments. Um, so a lot of times, I'll, I'll I'll book them a week out, and then depending on how they're doing that session, if they are doing a lot better we'll, we'll push out the next session a little further but if they're making slow progress and um we, we think they need to st stick on a shorter plan then we will we'll, we'll see them weekly for however many weeks until they were until they make that next jump and then from there we're just like okay we can push it out a little bit farther now but it seemed a little different your philosophy as far as like you know your traditional chiropractor where it's kind of like, I'm going to see you forever. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. We're going to do twice a week and then we're going to do maintenance. And you kind of sounds like you have kind of a light at the end of the tunnel, which kind of means if they do their homework and continue to do those things you teach them to do, they don't have to keep seeing you. Is that? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's going to be the main goal there. Um, with, with someone that comes in, we want to be able to teach them everything that they can to be comfortable on um, keeping healthy on their own. So that's where all the exercise rehab prescription comes in handy. Mm -hmm. So using a foam roller, lacrosse ball, stretching bands, different things like that. We can go through um, the self-mount self fascial release uh, part of it, and then we get into a stretching part of it, and then a strengthening part of it. So you get those three components that should help someone long-term dealing to deal with whatever they're they're doing it's like say say you have a bump shoulder and at first you don't have the mobility so it's just a lot of soft tissue work they have to roll out quite a bit and then start stretching a bit once they get that increased range of, range of motion we have to get it stronger to keep that right so then we give them some band work some safe exercises to do at home make sure that they're not doing the wrong exercises so you, you i always like like if like a, a shoulder injury for example usually i'm not going to have I'm gonna make sure they're not gonna do like front raises or right. anything else that might be a little bit tough. Like, right. Like all rotational stuff should come from band work. It shouldn't come from dumbbells because just the, the way the angles work and gravity works, like it's that could be very detrimental on, on joints. So ideally five, six sessions for someone that has a particular injury and they should be kind of good to go on their own and then just check in every now and then. So cool. when they're feeling off a little bit or they haven't been doing their homework, like that always happens. Someone starts right. feeling great and they just stop doing what we taught them. <laughs> and like, hey, you're back. And they're like, yeah, I haven't been doing my homework, so it's tight again. It's like, just like with training. Yeah, you know? it's like you have to keep up with this. <laughs> it's just like brushing your teeth. Yeah. Like if you just, your teeth are great in a great place, it doesn't mean you stop brushing them. Right. Pretty soon, like, you, you know, what's going to happen? Like same thing with your muscles. Yep. Dental hygiene, muscle hygiene, like you have to take care of them to long term. It's a process. 100%. It's ongoing. Let's uh, see how the end of the experience went with Dr. Blake. All right, see where we're at with those tests. So uh, reaching down was fine. So we can do that again just to make sure. 
A little increase in mobility. Feels yeah. good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good. Let's go backwards now. So that was a little painful last time. Let's see. Side, but I feel like I have more range of motion. Okay. So yeah, this is what I mean. Basically, there's something going on, so I just gotta find that spot that unlocks you. Good. Come forward a little bit. Backward. Forward. And back. Yeah, so treating you and the table is a lot different than treating you standing, so this right. is a little more functional. So now that we're in this position, I can find more tissue um, Got it. adhesions and little bundles of trigger points. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this a lot of these spots I wasn't able to feel a second ago because the tissue was relaxed, but now that it's active, it's there. Like you went, went through battle today? Yeah. <laughs> Spent through war. But like... Yeah, it's gonna be helpful. It'd be sore from this, so, soreness is expected. I always tell people uh -huh. 24 to 48 hours after, kind of like a workout. Right. So it shouldn't be much more soreness than just like a hard workout. Um, and then after that, you get a good sense of how everything's feeling. You should stay looser that whole time. So once the pain goes, like once the soreness goes away, then you'll be really feeling good. Feeling good and moving good. That's what we want. All right, retest after that. So go backwards again. Even farther for sure. How's that feel? Good. Better now? Yeah. Good. Inside the side. Cross your fingers yet. Chin down. So this is a good finale. Relax yourself and keep your feet in place and not pull you back into me. Okay. Ooh. There we go. <laughs> that was a good crack. A couple <laughs> super pops though. That just helps release the whole upper right. upper back and lower cervical. Man, that was it's a lot, right? An experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I've done a lot to keep moving, and that is like next yeah. level. Yeah. So you can see how much we did there. We did a ton of different things, and I mean, all within about an hour or so. So between the all the mobilizations, all the tissue work, different positions, like we addressed several different muscles. That's like so it's hard to find another therapist that does that. That's why, no, that's why we try to never. combine everything. And wow. yeah, this was great. Yeah, it was a lot more bilateral. So. <laughs> cool. Awesome, brother. Wow. That, I'm just reliving that. Like, like I said there, I've done a lot to keep moving, especially in, you know, since I've turned 50 or even 40. And like someone that spends that much time and just brings out a different tool to, to attack it in a different way. And like, you almost were like, I'm not going to stop until he gets to a certain level of recovery here. That was like, not only was it like different, of a, a different mindset, it was like, wow, this guy kind of cares. And he's like not satisfied with, you know, when you did the standing mobilization yeah. thing, that was really cool. Yeah, so once we do that retest and it's not quite where I want it, like the person's still in pain or not moving as, as much as... I think they should be moving. Um, I'm the type of person that just continues. Like sometimes my my sessions go go into the next one just because I'm not <laughs> satisfied. I'm like, oh, I need to get this. So right. it just really forces me to work harder. And um, all that comes from a little bit of my personality. Like I'm a, my birthday's next month, so I'm a, I'm a Taurus. So okay. that makes me stubborn, of course. Right. So <laughs> once I don't achieve something to my satisfaction, like I'm gonna keep keep going to get where I need to go. Um, secondly. 
former athlete, like I said, and I've seen a lot of different therapists and a lot of times I was super disappointed by the time I, I left them. So in my mind, I don't want anyone to ever be disappointed by the time they leave my office. I want them to uh, kind of rave about it, like just think everything of me, that way they can tell all their friends. And that's kind of how, how this has all happened and how I've gotten so busy. Like it's just all word of mouth and um, a lot of Instagram stuff, like showing these videos, showing what I do. Right, right. Yeah, people people have really gotten onto it and have a good steady clientele. Like it's been seven months that I've been here now. I have a full schedule, booked out yeah. a week or two. So Awesome. So it kind of all came together with just believing in myself and and just doing uh, giving each person my best basically. Yeah, and I think that um, that you you get that if you don't get it at the beginning, you definitely get it by the end that you care and 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 that I think is is special. So keep doing that. Um, I want to respect your time. I know you got clients. That was amazing. I learned so much. Um, I hope you also learned so much. How do people get in contact with your services? Yeah, so um, the best way is if you have an Instagram, like just go to my Instagram page. I have my scheduler on there. You can also message me. I usually respond pretty quickly to messages. Um, my Instagram is going to be dr.sean.plake. So awesome. My first and last name there. Awesome. Um, but yeah, just contact me there. You can see my videos and kind of see what you're getting into right. ahead of time as well. <laughs> right. And uh, you'll see this later today on ins on YouTube. Um, so again, thanks so much for your time. Absolutely. Thank you all for watching and listening. And uh, like, subscribe, share, write a review. And until next time, Fit Fam, I'm out.